What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jared Magazine, your neighborly normal guy with a lazy eye here chatting with a much cooler individual with a much better story to tell. Today, we have a Boston favorite. That's right. Connor Coyne joins today's show. He is one of Boston's favorite TikTokers, a great content creator, a great person, probably one of my favorite interviews from this summer. We really hit it off right away. I knew this interview would go well. I didn't expect it to go as well as it did. So I'm really excited to share Connor's story growing up just outside of St. Louis, Missouri and moving to Boston in such a difference those two cities are is quite an interesting tale in and of itself. Another thing that I really respect about Connor is his, um, his, you know, um, making sure that mental health is something that is talked about specifically mental health in men. So we had a really great conversation on mental health specifically around men and, and even like student athletes. Um, so I do invite you guys to check out that portion of the podcast I will say, um, if it is a trigger for anyone, this is, I guess, the trigger warning that we do talk about mental health. But I will say, too, with that being said, if you are someone that needs a helping hand or just someone to reach out to, again, I'm not a therapist, but I'm always here to listen and it, and maybe even point you in the in a direction that can get you the help that you may need. So my DMs are always open at he went to Jared at normal guy lazy eye. I check both. Um, just wanted to make sure that's well known. And Connor too makes it very well aware that he too is open to that. So without further ado, I really do think this is one of our heartwarming interviews and a great tale of, of to two guys moving to Boston. So please enjoy Connor Coyne. Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast, a true eye-opening experience. All right, everyone, on today's show, we're keeping it local here, as I love to do. Uh, one of Boston's favorite content creators, Connor Coyne, joins the show with over 85,000 social media followers. Connor has putting out incredible content right here in this beautiful city. Connor, thanks so much for coming on the show. How are you, man? Jared, it's an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. We were talking about this right before we hit record. Uh, the weather here has been absolute crap. I mean, we ask for two weekends out of the year, Memorial Day and 4th of July. Like, it's really not a lot to ask. And they both yeah. sucked this year. Yeah, it's, it was so bad. And it's, and it's funny because, like, I've been doing a lot of traveling, like, on the weekends. Yes. And the 4th was, like, the only weekend, like, the first weekend back in Boston for, like, me in a long time. And I didn't have any plans. A lot of people were like, oh, let's go to the Cape. Let's do so-and-so, whatever. And with the weekend that we had, with all the rain and everything, I'm so happy that I didn't go to the Cape or Nantucket because it, it just, like, would have been, like, a wasted trip, you know? Right. And then, like, last week, you know, what, it was, like, in the 90s or so. And I don't have AC here. So I'm, like, sweating just sitting in my apartment all day long oh my so, god <laughs> yeah like we've got we've got the like the window units but we don't have right. like central air you right. know so it's it's not the same thing um yeah. but like anytime it dips below like 80 like seven when it gets like 75 i get so happy because i'm like we can open up the windows we can like, you know, get have some a good night's air. sleep tonight I mean, exactly <laughs> like no sweating or anything that's so funny we last week we had millie paladino on the show and we did the interview on tuesday night 
And like, I told her, I was like, I'm cranking my AC in my room right now. I've been putting it like 63 just mm-hmm. leading up to this interview. Cause then I shut it off. Cause the sound is way worse with the AC. On. Right. And you could tell like towards, we did like an hour, 20 minute interview. And by the end I was like, <laughs> I like kept my <laughs> shirt down. I was like keeping my arms down and everything. Yeah. You were like sweating bullets over there, like trying to record and whatnot. And just like real. dying through that recording. Real. I was glowing. I looked great though. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. With the little water droplets and yeah. everything. Probably perfect. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, you were saying you, you just came off of a weekend on Nantucket. How was that? Mm-hmm. Like, was that your first time? It was, yeah, it was, it was incredible. So like I had never been to Nantucket before. I haven't even been to the Cape. I've been, I'm going on like my fifth year living in Boston and I haven't been to the Cape. You know, this some people disgraceful. are like, what? Yeah, <laughs> I, literally like that's the that's the reaction that I get they're like what how have you never been to the Cape right. and so one of my best friends um his family like has a house on Nantucket which is like incredible and his family was like really gracious enough to kind of open their doors and like let me and a couple other of our friends like come down for the weekend and it was so nice like yeah. you know just kind of like it's it's a little oasis you know mm-hmm. and obviously like Nantucket's very like affluent and it's just kind of like that stigma but like talk about a fun time like the people there were so nice the places that we went were so nice the chicken box also might be my favorite bar in the whole (laughs) in the whole world now after that weekend it it was it was awesome like such a cool way to get outside of the city and like it's massachusetts but like it doesn't it doesn't feel anything like boston (laughs) yeah exactly right like I would put Martha's Vineyard in Nantucket as its own state, like together. They can be together, Completely. but like other than that. <laughs> yeah, like not even close. And like, obviously I've never been to the Cape, like I just said, but I'm sure like on um, the Cape, you probably get like some taste of like Boston or like whatever, but like with Nantucket and haven't been to the Vineyard either. There's none of that. It's like a yeah. whole different world. Also, everybody drives Jeep Wranglers out there. Like you need, really? it's like a, it's like a requirement to have a Jeep Wrangler on Nantucket. Like, do you have, do you have a, a Jeep? Yeah, I do. So it's okay, like so very fitting. Yeah, me. so you little wave. wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> my my friends give me like such a hard time about it. I feel like such a tool. Like every time I pass a Wrangler, I like do the wave because like I'm from St. Louis and like that's right. kind of a big deal. Like everybody does that in St. Louis, and I do it Regardless here. Regardless of the Jeep, right? Like I'm sure it's just a St. Louis yeah. thing. Right, right, right. Everybody, yeah. The Midwest people are so nice, and we yeah. can get into that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do the Jeep wave up in Boston, and like no one does it back. And I'm like, guys, come on! Like, what? Are you... You Meanwhile, crazy? like their Jeep wave is like the middle finger, and I get flipped off as I'm driving down like Mass Ave or something. Yeah, dude. Like, I mean, we'll we'll get into it. Believe me, but like, I mean, if you're at a green light for half a second, you're you're yeah. toast. Toast. Oh my. It is, it is ridiculous. I was, I was driving yesterday and I kid you not, like the light had literally just turned green. The person behind me, is like slamming on their horn. I'm like, good Lord. Like my, my foot hasn't even gone from the brake to the gas and you're already like honking at me. Like it's, it's absurd. Yeah. Like this today, what during this rainstorm that like just came over Boston, I was in the front. I hate being in the front of the green light in Boston. I I, 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 like, I'll, I'll voluntarily like break so that I can let someone else go. (laughs) But like, I, like I, I drive a Hyundai Elantra. So Mm -hmm. it's front, it's like front wheel drive. And I literally was trying to hit gas while I'm like literally hydroplaning. This guy's honking at me like, hurry up. I'm like, dude, I would, if my car would just go. (laughs) You're like, I'm trying here, man. Like you were slamming on the horn is not helping the situation at all. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's brutal. It's a, it's It's a world out there on the street. It's tough. It really is tough. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. We're going to get into all things Boston a little bit, but you kind of touched on it. 
you you grew up out just outside of St. Louis, Missouri before coming to Boston. Mm-hmm. What like besides the driving and the Jeep wave, what would you say is like the biggest differentiators between Midwest? Like St. Louis is a pretty metropolitan area, yeah. but nothing like this area here. Like what's the biggest differences comparing the two cities? Honestly, um, it's funny because when I first moved to Boston, I remember like within the first like month or two of living here in the city, I held the door over, open for someone. Like I was going, I was cutting through the Prue and I held the door open. And the look that I got was like, they were just like so surprised. They were like, what are you doing? And, yeah, and I called home. and I called home. Yeah, literally I called home and I was like, mom, dad, like I just held the door open for someone. And they looked at me like I had two heads. <laughs> and I think, I think the biggest difference, or at least that I like pick up is like St. Louis is such like a very like suburban, like community, like city, um, and like everybody's super friendly like it doesn't matter if you know you know the people your neighbors or people at the market or whatever like everybody just kind of like makes small talk with one another and chats one another up but here in boston like it, you couldn't do that at all because everybody's like trying to get from point a to point b as fast as possible like no yeah. one wants to dilly dally or like small talk or anything like that and like everybody just kind of like has their blinders on you know mm-hmm. when they're moving through the city but yeah st louis like you know i could see I can be in line like getting a like Chipotle order or something and like be chatting up like the person Chipotle and it wouldn't be like weird at all whereas like here I wouldn't even do that you know it's like the when you like talking to like random people it's kind of like the most you would say here is like how's it going or like what's going on and that's about it you know (laughs) like just to be like somewhat nice you you know ask them how they are and then it's like strictly business or whatever but yeah that was probably like the biggest difference that I knew it's just or that I realized was just kind of like the people Mm. and how I I don't like I know Boston like Massachusetts also in general just like the mass whole thing like every you just kind of like have that stigma of being like oh people who live in Boston or people live in Massachusetts are just like rude that's not I don't Mm. I don't think that's the case I think there's plenty of friendly people here but I think, I think in specifically Boston, people are just very like, I have somewhere to be, I've, I'm doing this, this, and this, I'm really busy, like, don't bother me, like, I need to get stuff done. And it's kind of like more of that mentality, not necessarily like rude. Yeah, I, I completely agree, especially when we have, you know, we're, we have the best education in the world, these people are going, and they're making the vaccine and all this, they have, trust me, they have things to yeah. do talk to you about your Chipotle order. <laughs> exactly that, they're like, dude, I've got to go, you know, yeah, make the second dose of a vaccine or whatever, like, sorry, can't, can't talk right now. It's so funny. I, the, the door holding open story, like that was that like at, in my college where I went Providence and down Rhode Island, like everyone, pretty much everyone moves to Boston. I'd say mm-hmm. like 80% of our students move to Boston after graduating. It's like an unwritten rule. It's not really unwritten because on the first day of orientation, we have this presentation. It's like, welcome to Providence. And it's like the first thing it's like here at PC, we hold the doors open for everybody. And it's like, and so like you had this thing where, you could literally be walking across the quad and someone's like, we're ready for yeah. you. Like, Hey, ready for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I do that at Starbucks. Like, I don't mm-hmm. really care. Honestly, like if you're like running in, I'll hold the door open for you and like, go ahead. I don't care. Order your venti ahead of me. I don't care. But yeah. the, I'll like, I literally thought I was in La La Land because one time I did that as, as I was heading to work and the person came in and I was like, all right, you go ahead. Like, no worries. And then she stood back and let me go in front of her in line. And I was like, really, we are not in Boston. I, this yeah, is, this like, is not at all. Of. 
yeah yeah even like even i'd be a little weirded out by that i'd be like no i let you like go in front of me like i clearly yeah. don't care if you order before yeah but me. then then i was going full boston on her and i was like i don't want to like okay i'll just take like i didn't want to talk to her you know like i wasn't yeah, gonna do yeah, that yeah. because if we did that we would be in a 20 minute conversation about no you exactly go first, no, you go first it's just like this whole back and forth. It's funny that you say that too. And like, you know, the holding the door thing open, like obviously being raised in St. Louis, like in my parents uh, were, not, I wouldn't say like strict or anything, but they were really like, hey, like be respectful. Um, you know, manners is huge. And I was a very big, like we were a very big kind of like, yes, sir. Like no ma'am, uh, like family. That's just kind of like how like we were, like my mom's from Tennessee. So kind of like that Southern hospitality or whatever, yeah, yeah. if you will and right. and I said like you know there'd be a couple times where I'm, I'm ordering something or I'm at a store and they're like hey is this it and I'm like yes sir or like oh yeah yes ma'am like whatever and I remember one time I did it up here and someone was like unless I'm 80 in a wheelchair don't call me ma'am I'm like yeah. okay noted all right <laughs> like yeah. never again and it's just like so funny how like the culture is just like so different like that like not that that was like an insult but like that was her reaction I was like all right very i'm adjusting here to the city like this is this is big time <laughs> yeah like you should just have a shirt that says i'm new here honestly it's <laughs> like year everything i say yeah everything i say is not not trying to be an insult at all <laughs> no no not at all and then of course it's like obviously like they weren't insulted by it but right. it was just kind of like one of those like no like yeah. until i'm 80 like right right you're exactly. calling me you just like don't call me that which is exactly. funny exactly so uh, you landed your first job here in boston at harvard yeah. university as a video producer now i can tell by like your instagram and your tiktok that multi multimedia and different videos are definitely like your thing now but mm -hmm. when did you really start to like fall in love with that and enjoy that type of production yeah so it's kind of funny because um so in school i went i went to school in illinois went to a really small like d3 private school mm -hmm. um played baseball there for all four years <clears throat> Can I tell you a funny story real quick when i was yeah, doing I mean, research on where you went to school and like all the stuff that you've done you're still on their website there's like still a, no, still there's like a there's like if you go to the um uh the the, the college's website there's like a 30 yeah. second video on the home page and it's like like different like clips of the school and then it's like you and like four other students like talking probably about nothing and, <laughs> and, I, was like, no way. and I know you graduated in like like 2017 right? yeah 2017 like, yeah all right it's time for them to update that <laughs> yeah they're like recycling the same video you know for the past six years that's yeah. too funny um but yeah so I played I played baseball all four years there um I also played soccer for two years baseball like I just grew up playing baseball like it was just natural for me but so during school um I majored in business and got a minor in communications and it was my I think it was summer going into my junior year uh my parents had gotten me like a GoPro like for my birthday and I was like, okay, this is sick. Like, you know, just at the time, like for that summer, I was working up at a summer camp up in Maine. So like, you know, we were doing kind of like all these hiking stuff. We would be going, you know, on the ski boat, like all this stuff, kind of like more like action sports-esque type things. And so right. I was like, great, like this GoPro is perfect. And so I started making videos just off a of GoPro, like for me and my friends and like, didn't think much about it. Like, I was like, this is a lot of fun, like very like self-taught, like, just very simple type of things but of course like yeah at the time at the time like video stuff like on social wasn't that big yet mm -hmm. so all my friends were like dude this is sick this is so cool and like 
people were loving it. And so like, I kind of like went from that when I got back to school, my junior year. So that fall, um, I was playing soccer and I was like, oh, I've got this GoPro, I'm playing soccer. And I also really like making these videos. Like, let me just make some like hype videos for my team, which then quickly translated into the athletic department being like, hey, can we use some of your hype videos? Can you do some of this stuff for the basketball team and everything? And I'm like, sure. So like when these requests started like coming in a little bit more, I was like, okay, I need to, I need to invest in an actual camera, not just a GoPro, (laughs) you know? So (laughs) yeah, my, yeah. So junior year I got, I got a camera, I got a Canon. That was like my first, it was like a T5i, like a really like basic, Mm -hmm. you know, like entry level camera. Um, which was perfect. Like it was doing the video stuff that I needed. It did the photography too. And at that time, like I wasn't really big into photography yet. Um, so just focusing a lot on video. And then, so fast forward, I was still doing that, mainly doing it for the athletic department. I get to my senior year, still continuing to do that. And then senior year, we actually like, as an athletic department, we're like, hey, we want to put a lot of time and effort into like broadcasting the games just in general. So I was like pretty heavy on the front of like helping that out, kind of like doing like wireless camera stuff for them. And then I'd cut up like a highlights package for like halftime of basketball games. So it was like, it was simple stuff, but like for a D3 school there, like it's, it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, so I'm sitting in my dorm room. This is probably like, March, March or April of senior year. I'm like, man, I'm graduating here in like a month, two months. Like, what am I gonna do? Like, I yeah. have no idea. Yeah, yeah. I I knew that I didn't want to sit at a desk like all day, be like a finance guy. Like I studied business, but my concentration was mainly in like marketing. And so mm-hmm. I was like, I love kind of like branding, I love marketing, I love this like concept of like telling stories. Like, and I was like, I've always kind of like been into social media, like when Instagram like first came out or whatever. Um, and so I was like, how do I take like this passion of social media? How do I take kind of like my love for sports? And then this like new hobby of making like videos, like how can I blend it all into one? So I'm scrolling through like indeed being like, I just need to figure out what I'm doing for the summer. Like if I, if I just figure out like a summer internship, like I'll figure out the fall after that. And then, so I'm scrolling through and I see this like internship for Harvard athletics, like a video producer internship. I'm like, oh, wait, this looks pretty cool. Like Harvard, like no way, like whatever. Like I'll just throw my, I'll just throw my name in the hat for this. And then sure right. enough, like I submitted a, an application and then heard from who then became my boss like two weeks later. And then it just, you know, it was a internship. It was a 10 month long internship with them, um, which then led to me getting hired full time with them as a assistant director of multimedia, which was so cool. Yeah, I was like, I was scrolling through your Instagram, like even going back a lot and seeing like what you were doing with the football team and all that. And I was like, this is sick. Like, I mean, I, I was never the like, I had the GoPro story, like similar, like got one for Christmas, went to camp, like I was a camp counselor, like literally I was listening to that. And I was like, yep, yep, check those boxes. I just like, I couldn't do it. Like, I couldn't get myself to like sit down, cut everything up. I don't know. Like it's, it definitely takes patience and it wasn't for me. So like now I'm doing long form podcasting, but uh, you yeah. know, like it's, it's so interesting that like, you know, you kind of just went on a whim and, and the kind of sitting in your dorm room, you know, uh, March, April, May, I mean like what the heck and taking yeah. a shot at Harvard and there you go, man, you're, you're big man. on yeah. campus. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was like so cool because like, I, like when I really started getting into like the video stuff, I was like, so there, 
if you hear sirens, there's a lot it's of like okay. coughs going on. We know on. you're in the city. <laughs> just rub it in. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when I first got into the video stuff, I, I really loved the idea of like taking an idea or taking like, you know, some video clips or whatever and like ha- develop, developing it into something. Mm. It's like, how can I like tell a story? And that's kind of like what the focus at Harvard was really. Cause it's like, you know, with the student athletes at Harvard, it's, they're doing such amazing things off the field, off the court. You know, it's like, you don't know if the next president down the road is going to be a Harvard student athlete that I worked with, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, while we have this access to them, how can we best tell their stories? And so like the whole idea of like storytelling was something that I like really tried to tap into um, before I got to Harvard, but like most importantly, like while I was at Harvard. Um, And then that, like, that was just like such a fun experience. Like talk about like getting to travel with teams and just like, it was being at Harvard is cool, but I think about like my favorite times there were like the most important things about that experience. And it was all about the student athletes and the relationships I was able to form with them and the coaching staff. Like that to me was so much more worthwhile than making a five minute video for YouTube, you know, and it's, 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 it's it's cool um, that I could like kind of be able to like help uh, Harvard and Harvard athletics, like really propel their like social media efforts when it comes to like creative video. Yeah. And then going from being a D3 student athlete yourself and kind of, you know, being the, a D1 athlete and like a similar travel schedule, I'm sure similar you know, like you, you obviously weren't the student part of it, having a full-time job there, but like, what was that like for you seeing the different, like maybe the facilities or like just the, the wherewithal that you had at Harvard versus where you went to college and what the production you had there? Yeah. Yeah. No, it talk about like a night and day difference. Like right. obviously like it it's, I was very grateful that I played like college athletics because I felt like I could relate to these students a lot more, you know, like obviously like they're Harvard students. So like the demand academically is ridiculous, but Mm -hmm. also at the same time, they're held to the same expectations that any division one athlete would be held to in terms of practicing, your traveling, you know, your game schedule, your workouts, your recovery, like everything like that. So like, I, I, I got a taste of that, but very much at like the D3 level. So, you know, it's totally different, but you know, when I could talk to these student athletes, to these baseball players these football guys about like oh you've got this paper due but you're traveling on these days like you know talking to them and like relating to them and being like I know exactly like what you guys are going through I think like that makes like the world of difference because it kind of like more humanizes them and Mm -hmm. and it's funny because I talk about it now but like obviously kind of Harvard has this like very esoteric like big like Uh, out of this world kind of like persona about the institution but when you get to talking to some of these athletes you're like you're just kids you know you still eat ramen like you know you're still staying up late you're still you know like drinking Bud Light like you're just still kids at heart and you know and I think that's kind of like that was one of the joys of like being in the athletic department working so closely with them because it really like humanizes them in a very um, way that in a very like humble way that you can be like I get you and you get me. So it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. It was so funny. Like I, like before I competed against Harvard in a swim meet, I always thought of the Harvard athletes as the wrinkle Voss twins from Mm -hmm. the social. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's how I saw every single Harvard student athlete. I was like, we're probably wears a suit to to practice. Like probably has perfectly coiffed hair at practice. And then we actually had a swim meet against them. And at, like we swam against them, Providence against Harvard. And I mean, it was like, like David versus Goliath and Goliath actually won this time. Uh, like, it was like, it was a fun meet, 
but just like seeing them in more of a humanized element it was like a 9 a.m meet start too and they're like mm-hmm. i'm hungover as heck like i was like yeah. oh i get you i get you You're like me too so okay we're in the same boat yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly 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 and, so, and that's what go ahead oh i was just gonna say like and that's you know that's kind of like the joy of like being able to like work at a university but like specifically like athletic department because you see these kids in like such a different light you know obviously they're student athletes but the majority of the time that I was with them like they're athletes and they're you kind of see them more like relaxed more comfortable and not necessarily like as stressed out like as they would be like you know coming off a class or like whatever and so it's like to the talk to these guys I remember there was a time at football practice uh my last year so what I guess that was not this past fall, but the one before it. So before mm-hmm. COVID and everything like that, I um, I was chatting with like three or four of the football players during practice. And they were like, oh, like Connor, like, do you play Call of Duty? And I'm like, do I play a Call of Duty? Of course I play. And, and then they were like, what? Like you play God? Like all this stuff. And I'm like, You're yeah, like, no, 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 no. The question is, you play God? Yeah, <laughs> yeah seriously, seriously. And they're like, oh, well, like, what's your favorite gun and you know and like we're just like chatting about that stuff and it's like it's so cool because it's like like I said like at the end of the day these guys are just kids these student athletes are just kids and they're just trying to get through life they're trying to navigate college and figure all that out and it's like you went through that I went through that and like you know so many people did too so um I'm really happy and grateful for my experience there because like it it I have a much more deepened appreciation one for Harvard but two like for what some of these student athletes go through um and sure like i can relate to it but like they do it on such like a grand you know stage absolutely absolutely so now you're at DraftKings, mm-hmm. uh working on their digital strategy where you actually grew their tiktok followers by 812 percent in three months yeah some nice little linkedin stats for you guys uh, <laughs> like, wh- like where did you where do you see this type of work taking you and i guess like i want to take a step back and being like how do you feel about tiktok kind of needling the thread of your career here yeah it's it's really interesting so look i'll i'll answer the first part like i'll yeah. answer the kind of like the drafting side first um so i at harvard like i was doing like a lot of creative content production i was editing a lot i was doing you know the photo stuff which like i really enjoyed but after a while like it gets really tedious and when i was looking at like kind of like my career and like what i wanted to do I kind of wanted to start navigating kind of a more um, brand development, kind of more content strategy and execution instead of the guy who just edits videos all day. Cause it's right. like, you know, that's, there's, there's people that do that and more power to them. But I knew that if I'm 40 and still editing videos, like that's something, something somewhere in the ladder, like, you know, there wasn't the right step. Right. Um, and so, you know, I saw an opportunity with DraftKings and obviously like the sports gambling industry right now is like really blowing up. It's really up and coming. And to be on the more, um, I do content production, but not as much as I did at Harvard, but to kind of be more along with the strategy and execution side of things, like was like, this is a perfect opportunity for me to start taking those steps to, you know, brand development or, you know, more like brand strategy, content development, like that kind of stuff. Um, so that's like yeah. ultimately like my decisions is why to like I went to DraftKings and then yeah TikTok the whole TikTok side was interesting because when I during the interview process they were like we need someone to kind of come in and grow our TikTok and build mm-hmm. our TikTok and kind of someone who just understands the platform um, I obviously like have my personal TikTok which at the time when I got hired I think I had around like 
30 or 40,000 followers. Um, DraftKings had 7,000 followers at the time when I got hired. So (laughs) they, so um, uh, my coworkers now were probably like, oh, like this guy knows exactly what he's doing, like all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And for me, like I see TikTok, it's, it's so interesting because just in the world that we live in right now, like these influencers on TikTok, hold so much weight and power to a lot of consumers, which yeah. is like crazy because yeah. you look at some of these influencers on TikTok, like the big name ones, you know, the Charlie D'Amelio, the Noah Beck, the Bryce Hall, like all those people. And they're all under the age of like 23. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, a lot of these brands and companies and businesses are using TikTok because they can capture an audience and a consumer at such an early age and develop those consumers to like, you know, develop some brand loyalty for these consumers for the rest of their life, which right. is kind of crazy. Right. And, and from a business side, like that's what makes TikTok so unique compared to Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, or even YouTube is that the audience you can reach is so different. And it's so like, so multifaceted, you can do so many different things. And, you know, if I were to post a video today, it would get, you know, X amount of viewers, it would get this audience, but I could post a different video tomorrow and it reach a totally brand new, different audience. And it's like, whoa, like these videos aren't different, but yet they reach two completely different audiences. And I think that's kind of like the power. And a lot of brands are starting to realize that now is that TikTok holds that kind of weight and that power to really develop these consumers. And, you know, if you get 20,000 followers from TikTok to like your Instagram, like that's huge. Like that's huge for brands. And so, you know, it's a lot of like converting these users. How do we make it like friendly for all people to view? And the, and that's the thing too, it's just like viewable, digestible content on TikTok, which yeah. like stands out versus like YouTube. Not only that too, but I think like to your point about YouTube and, and the difference between YouTube and TikTok. And I think like, I'm definitely a uh, culprit of this. Like my attention span is just getting mm-hmm. so bad. Like I love, yeah. tr- trust me, I, I, it's probably bad to say as we're in the middle of this interview, but I, I love doing these types of conversations, but when I'm on my phone, yeah. like if you, if I don't get, if I don't get where you're going in the first 10 seconds, I'm out. And yeah. like, that's yeah. so bad. First of all, it's so bad. Like I, I trying to read a book nowadays. I'm like, uh, mm-hmm. 10 pages. And I'm like, you, you know, like it's so crazy where this world is going and how brands have to capture these 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 consumers in those i would even say even less than 10 seconds because i think like instagram catches like less than half a second or something like that so it's it's ridiculous and i applaud anyone that has to try and grow a digital strategy based on those insane metrics it it really is crazy it really is crazy because i remember i don't i don't know if this is who knows it's probably changed now but like i remember a couple years back and this is something like while i was still at um Harvard that we were trying to do was that like you have the first five or six seconds to get someone's attention Mm -hmm. and now when I think about that like on TikTok I think about even how important the first couple of words out of my mouth are like how how do I want to address the crowd do I want to make it seem like there it's it's a large group of people that I'm talking to or do I want to try and seem it make like make it more intimate so you know that's the difference of being like guys I could say that first, or I could be like, you know, and that that makes it more intimate because it sounds like I'm speaking directly to you if I say you. But if it's a well, guy, Boston, you yeah, you've started your video sometimes as like, hey, Boston. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, exactly, it, exactly. So it's just like it's it's so crazy how you know within the first five six seconds we have to get people's attention spans, and then I'm sitting here thinking as a content creator, being like, 
what's the first word that I'm going to say? What is the first three words that I'm going to say that will get these people to want to stay? So yeah. like that, and and, it, and that's so crazy. And it's like just crazy how in the social media world that we live in, like that, it, that's the type of stuff that you have to think about. And, you know, and, and especially on TikTok where you have a majority of the successful videos less than 15 seconds, you know, you only have those 15 seconds to capture what, a, what you want to say and B, capture like the attention rate of, you know, those viewing it. Like imagine if that was a job interview, like you had three seconds to catch mm-hmm. the attention of the interviewer. Like that's just no way to live life. <laughs> like, no, like no, absolutely it's not. For you too. It's like, okay, I, I, I've mastered for this video or like, I think I've mastered those first three seconds. I know how I want to capture this audience. I know what audience I want to go after. Great. TikTok is giving me 57 more seconds to make content. Like, what do I even do with this? Yeah. It's like, what do you even talk about? You know? And then, so that's why it's like, I, you know, I had, there's, there's a couple of times where I like, will make like a a full minute long video on TikTok, but very rarely am I ever like close to like 45 seconds. Like Mm. if, if I'm trying to like tell a story or like tell something funny that happened to me, I, I will try to aim to like 2030. If I can like keep it in that range, like great, because that also means, and this is kind of like my analytical like stats looking at it approach. Like that just means that the, you know, the retention rate on people viewing my video is higher. So it's like, you know, the shorter these videos are, the, like the more powerful that is for your engagement and all kinds of stuff. But it's like, also, if you get people waiting and staying along for 50 seconds, that's also pretty big too. But um, it's, you know, it, it's crazy just in terms of like retention rate and everything like that. It's a, it's a wild game. So, so we've, we've asked this to a number of different Boston mm-hmm. content creators, but uh, like, what do you think draws these broader audiences to Boston's content because like I know for me like when it, when you showed up on my for you page and I first found you out or like Kevin Cooney or whatever like mm-hmm. I know it's like part of the reason like where I live but I also can see in the comments like so many people are drawn to this Boston content and I like I want to know like what's that secret sauce what like what's making these people come to you guys Dude, I wish I could figure that out. <laughs> like, um, no, it's it's so interesting because like definitely on TikTok, like so much of the algorithm is like based off your region and where you are like geographically. Yeah, right. And it's funny because like I will post a video, I'll go home to St. Louis and I'll post the same video or the same type of video that I would post here in Boston and it doesn't do well at all. No. And it's, it's like, it's so interesting because like it's just all geographic. Um, but you know, when I think about, when I think about the Boston content, I also think like, there's also not a lot of like Boston content creators, which for the Boston content creators, that's a good thing. And then, you know, let's say like, I I have a handful of people like who live in New York who follow me, which is like strange, you know, like I will talk about going to New York. Like I go there, I've got friends that live there and everything. So like, I'll go and visit, but it's like, you know, if I'm getting people from New York, seeing my content, it's like, why why like this doesn't make any so they sense wanna, they want to crap on us about living in boston they're, they're that, coming that up too. with those comments pretty soon <laughs> yeah, literally literally that too no but it, it really is interesting i think a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's not a lot of boston content creators um which you know like i said like really plays a huge role in kind of the ones that are here in boston because it's like this concept of being a bigger fish in a smaller pond you know, whereas like if we were in LA doing this, like it would just be so saturated, you know, and it's like yep. here in Boston, 
you know, the digestible content. Like when you, if you were to hashtag Boston or hashtag like Southie, especially like there's only X amount of videos with those hashtags. So it's like, if you can capture a, that audience, and then if more people be like, Oh, South Boston, Southie, like, what is this? They want to check it out. And it's like weird because then it goes on their like vacation list. And you're like, are you really vacationing to Southie? Yeah. Like, like, okay. The Broadway is your top choice. Got it. (laughs) All right. Noted. Okay. Yeah. Like playwright. Okay. See you on Sunday. I I will say, I will say it is kind of interesting too. Like on that note, like I've had multiple people like reach out to me being like, Connor, like I'm visiting Boston in like two weeks. I'm visiting Boston in a month. Yes. where so what are some recommendations and so yes. like those are probably the same type of people who like will come across my video or a couple of videos and be like oh this guy lives in boston i'm going in there next month and it's like you know it's it's our phones listening to every conversation that we have <laughs> no you br- yeah you bring up such a good point like kevin cooney said the same thing we had him on the show it's like the oversaturation of la and new york content creators like if you haven't made it yet like good luck to you honestly yeah. like i i've i've i grew up in southern california and i know i've said this a billion times on the show but like if you don't have a close knit group of friends mm-hmm. or you don't know like five people that can help you get to somewhere you want to go you're going to be the next california pizza kitchen waitress and yeah. like i mean that like wholeheartedly and like i tell anyone that wants to do it go out and do it but be ready because it can mm-hmm. eat you alive I think Boston, we're not there yet. We could be, oh, we totally. definitely be headed there 100%. But like, I just think there's so much unique content to be created here in this city. Like, like you know, come October when the marathon comes around, I can't wait yeah. to see what the content we create is. I like, yeah. you know, like that. And then hopefully, you know, in 2022, when the marathon's back in April, like, can't wait for that. Like, and hopefully the socks, well, stuff like that. Like, it's just, you know, the oversaturation of LA and New York, it's, it's a dog eat dog world out there. We, yeah, we, no, we, it, we talk about the traffic here that the content creators out there are the people that will eat you alive. <laughs> no, it, it's so true. And I also think a lot of it too. It's like, I I've seen a handful of uh, like Boston, almost like travel, not, I want I don't want to say like travel videos, but kind of like more like day in my life in yeah. Boston. Yeah. And obviously like the city is beautiful and everything. And like New York is beautiful. LA is beautiful, but there's like something, at least me personally, like when I watch those videos, there's something kind of like romantic about Boston. Like it's just mm-hmm. kind of a very, um, it's like an intimate city and you get your big city feel, but it's like not a New York. It's not an LA, you know, it's, and it's rather like small community. And like, obviously with like the Beacon Hill with North end, like all these different like spots, like when people see these videos, they're like, Oh wow. Like Boston looks incredible. Like I want to go see it where it's like, everybody kind of knows that New York is like a fun time. Everybody knows LA is a good time, Chicago, Mm -hmm. but it's like, Oh, when people see Boston and this kind of like light, they're like, wait, I want to go. So, you know, I think that also like plays into it is like these people seeing these days in the life of Boston being like, wow, this place looks a lot of fun. It looks incredible without getting like overwhelmed by like a New York. Absolutely. Yeah. I I've always been telling people like Boston is like a, a one third of New York, like a, mm-hmm. not only size wise, but be like, you could get to all like boroughs of Boston in a day. You know, like yeah, you don't feel bogged down by, yeah, you don't feel bogged down by like a 45 minute cab ride just to get to 10 blocks. Right. Yeah. So I, I want to change the topic to, to something a bit more serious. Uh, yeah. And one thing I know that you've touched on about on like on your page and you made such a good point about is mental health and more mm-hmm. specifically mental health in men. So I mm-hmm. think, I think you're wearing a great shirt right about it. About yeah. Now, but uh, yeah. It says, uh... <laughs> 
mental healthy. I love it. With the emphasis on men. I love it. I love it. And so can you talk to us a little bit about why you think it's so important for men to take care of their mental health? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, for me, um, I, w- I want to talk about this and like be very open and candid yeah. and kind of like talk about how I got into it and like why it's so important because like then that just is a reason for why I think it's important for men in general. Um, I I got out of a relationship uh, in June of COVID summer. So mm-hmm. last year, uh, mm-hmm. a little over a year ago now. And at the time, like that was the longest relationship that I had ever been in and, you know, was very like serious. And when I got out of the relationship, like, so much of me was like, what did I do wrong? There's something wrong with me, all this stuff. Why can't I keep a relationship longer than a year? And, you know, really putting like a lot of pressure on myself. I was like, okay, like, I kind of like want to work through this. I want to figure this out. So that way, when I'm in a next serious relationship, or, you know, in a in X amount of years, when I'm a husband, when I'm a father, like, how can I be the best version of myself as possible? How can I be there for my partner? How can I be there in all ways? And that kind of like ultimately led me to start seeing a therapist. And at the time, I was kind of like stressed out with work stuff, like not really knowing where I was going to end up, what I wanted like my career path to look like. So it was a combination of like those two things that really like led me to go to therapy. Um, I was very fortunate um, because finding a therapist is also, it could be like a full-time job, like making sure that you have yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say it's it's like finding the the one for you, like in a relationship. Yeah. Like like yeah. I I tell people who are looking to get into therapy, like don't just go to the first one and be like, okay, this is it. Because right. like if it's not for you, it's like this is not a match. Then it it's not going to be the experience you're looking for. Exactly, and you know, so many therapists have you know their different styles of therapy and everything like that mm-hmm. so it really is important of making sure that you find the right therapist for you like finding your therapist is just as important as going to therapy and the kind of everything that you impact itself um so i was very fortunate to find a therapist rather quickly mm-hmm. um I, a lot of therapists will do kind of like a first call like free just kind of like see if it's a good fit or whatever and it was my I think it was my second or third call with a therapist and I just clicked with my therapist like right away I just clicked with her and it was like a very good fit I loved kind of the things that she was initially saying I was like all right let's do this um and then so I I continue to go to therapy it was once a week and now I go to therapy and see my therapist like once a month, which is great. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for me, I, I've always kind of been more in tune with like my thoughts and emotions haven't necessarily been like the type of guy to be like, oh, I don't want to talk about them. Like I'm too tough, like whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've always been like very um, aware of that kind of stuff. And so when I started seeing a therapist and even like before therapy, I viewed therapy as you go to therapy if if something's wrong with you, like if there's yep. a problem. Like, yep. and now after and even in my experience with therapy, I'm like I view therapy so much as a way to improve your life, a way to get better. And the way I look at it too is like, who doesn't want to improve? Who doesn't want to be better at something in their life? You know, I and I use the analogy of professional athletes where these athletes you know they practice and they play and you know we we are so high and mighty on these athletes when they're practicing x amount of hours a week but why can't I go to a therapist and practice my mind without there being a stigma of something's wrong with me um and so you know when I think about 
therapy and mental health for men, I think it's really important because it's a conversation that's like swept under the rug a lot, just because society really teaches men at an early age to not share their emotions. Otherwise you're considered weak. And, and that's like kind of crazy. It's like, you know, when, when you're six, five, six years old, if you fall down and, you know, get a scratch, like rub some dirt on it. Don't Don't cry. cry. Be a man. Yeah. You're like, you know, and, and like, that's kind of like ridiculous. And so it's like, even these five-year-olds are told not to cry. Even these five-year-olds are told not to like feel pain. And that just kind of like transforms for the rest of their life and really grows. Yeah. And so, you know, I think like everybody lives their best life when their mind is right. Like when their whole mental well-being is like in check or at least like encouraged to talk about. And that's the thing too. It's like, I think for men, like it is it is just not encouraged to go to therapy. It's not just generally encouraged to talk about your feelings and emotions. You know, and I think about like some of my best guy friends, when I, when I first told my best friend that I was going to a therapist, the first thing he said was one, what's wrong. And two, why didn't you come to me? Because he, he was like, I I'm here for you. I'm your best friend. Like, why didn't you tell me like, you know, I can work through this. Like, why do you have to go to someone else? And it's, it's funny because I actually saw a video today on TikTok that was talking about men kind of being um, very like ostracized by society for that reason of taught at a young age to be tough, to not cry, to not talk about your emotions or anything. It's like, why can't men be encouraged to do so? Women are encouraged to talk about their emotions and it's kind of like more normally like accepted, but like, why can't men do that? Like, why can't I go to my best friend and be like, dude, you know, I like, I'm heartbroken about a girl and I want, and I'm like very like caught up on this, you know, instead his response would probably be like, dude, go, just go out, like sleep with another girl. It's like, no man, like this is actually like really bothering me. Right. And, you know, it's funny because like, we just kind of brush it under the rug without even like addressing it. So like, that's why kind of like mental health, but also like specifically for men in general is like so important to me because it's just not encouraged. It's not talked about. And whenever people do want to talk about it, it's quickly like put to the breast, you know, and not really like, Hey, like let's, let's have a bigger discussion about this. Absolutely. I, like two things that I wanted to touch on, like similar sense, like when I was in college and as an athlete, especially, you know, like I'm sure you guys had it too, but like division one athletics and, and like college athletes, it's like, you're, you're supposed to be tough. Like you're supposed to mm-hmm. be ready for game day, ready for practice. Doesn't matter what time, like you're just like programmed that way, or that's what yeah. society or ESPN would even say about us. Like, I, believe me, trust me, the swimming that I swam, we're not on the ESPN. I'll be the first to say, <laughs> but, but like, but like, you know, like, I, I was swam in the Big East. I was classmates with the basketball team who played in the Big East tournament. And like, you see them in this light and you're like, these are unbreakable human beings. But mm-hmm. we had, you know, conversations amongst athletes where it was like, dude, I'm struggling waking yeah. up in the morning and, and getting up and like going about my day. And I never wanted it to get to that level with my, like with my, you know, uh, fellow athletes or teammates or what have you and so like we had a, a program at providence called you're never alone in firetown trying to destigmatize mental health in college athletes because yeah like we had therapists on campus for free like you know like as part of uh, you know like the um 
health center services. Mm-hmm. But like, obviously, you know, as an athlete, you're thinking like, A, I don't have time for this because I have to go to practice. B, like, it's just like, they're not going to know about me because I'm an athlete. Like, and that's stupid too. Like, yeah. the whole, like they don't know me because I'm an athlete. I'm not, you know, I'm not a regular student. That should be changed too. But that was like a big thing. And we like, we wanted to make sure our athletics department was well aware of the resources that were available to them. And then your point on just like, your buddy being like dude why didn't you come to me like that is such a common thing especially amongst like young professionals in the ages that we are maybe even Mm -hmm. more so like high schoolers too or like college you know college students too like dude you don't have to go to therapist i'm here for you yeah and like there's been situations where that was the case for me like i always was that type of guy that was like come to me like i i can you know i'm here for you i'm not i never said i'm a therapist but i'm here for you Mm -hmm. i'll like i'll listen i'll give my feedback but then I realized this is way past my expertise. Like I yeah. my friend or friends needs professional help because I right. can't do this. So like right. I was, I, I completely agree with you. Like that whole stigma of like, dude, you can just come to me needs to, needs to stop too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so tough. And it's like, you know, I, it's like to my best friend, I'm like, I love you. I've known you since yeah. first grade, Yeah, but you you are going to have like my best interest at heart, even though you're not trying to be biased in this situation. And it's like, that is not what I need. Like, mm-hmm. I, I want you to support me and I want you to support me by allowing me to go talk to a therapist about it because they are going to give an unbiased professional opinion and more so like just encourage you to think about things a little bit differently. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that's like, I can, I can try as much as I can, like with my friends, but at the end of the day too, it's like, sometimes you just need that third party to be like, Connor, are you really thinking like that? Or like, yeah. what, what's the deal here to be like, yeah. Oh, actually, you know, you're right. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I completely, I agree. I think it's, it's so important and, you know, kind of like at Harvard, like mental health is obviously like such a big thing. And like, when I was at Harvard, you know, talking to these student athletes, like, I was like, wow, this is like, so important. And it was so easy for me to get on the train and be like, supporting it. Um, You know, because you hear about these stories of like, these student athletes who have, you know, they're at Harvard, they're, you know, a division one athlete, and they're struggling with someone, something. And I remember I was interviewing a field hockey player, and she told me, because I was at Harvard, because I was playing D1 hockey, I feel like I didn't deserve to reach out for help. Yeah. And that right there, like really stuck with me. I was like, wow, like the, the fact that you felt like you didn't deserve to reach out for help is like huge. Like everybody should be able to and have the resources to reach out for help if they want to. Yeah, it's so crazy. Like the the stigma too of like, you know, like Joe Burrow, but just use him as mm-hmm. an example you know, he was probably one of the best college football players of all time, will probably go down as one of the best seasons of all time. And like, he played for LSU. He had amazing facilities, incredible coaching staff, won the Heisman, probably had anything at his fingertips. If he were to go and say like, I'm struggling, I bet you in the back of his mind too, he's probably thinking like, I can't because I've given this, I've been given this incredible opportunity to be, you know, first string on LSU. Like that is right. And like, I totally blew like that example up, but because it can happen to literally anyone. I think back to like any college athlete, D1, D2, D3, NAIA. It's like, well, you were given the opportunity to play the sport that you love while also going to school. So like, I don't want to hear it, you know? Right, right. Exactly. 
I was going to say, I think, I think, you know, in that light, like, especially with athletes, but also specifically with men too, Kevin Love has been like Mm. a beacon for Mm -hmm. men's mental health, which is Mm. so cool. Cause you look at this guy and you're like, he's an NBA all-star. He's making millions of dollars. His wife is a supermodel. What, like, how, how is this guy struggling with anything? And you're like, no, this guy, like when he was injured, he was, it was bad. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to one of my friends and he used the analogy of, um, when you're like working out, let's say you tweak your knee or something like that. The first thing that you're going to do is you're going to go get your knee checked. Why can't you go to a specialist if you wake up and you feel depressed, if you wake up and you don't want to get out of your bed? How is that any different? You know, we're taking mm-hmm. care of our physical bodies, but why is it weird if we want to take care of our mental well-being? And so it's like, you know, just this whole stigma of like trying to like normalize the conversation. And I think the hardest thing for men is the fact of just trying to start a conversation because, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of men out there who are like, yeah, I struggle with this, this, I, you know, I have a hard time dealing with this. I have this past trauma. My parents are divorced, whatever, but they don't necessarily know how to go about talking about it. They don't know how to talk to someone or like to start that initial conversation with someone that'd be like, Hey, actually I do need a little bit of help. And, you know, and I think about, especially like with the platform that I have, if I can somewhat help someone, then it's like that to me means more than anything. You know, it's like if I can help someone realize, hey, I do need help or feel comfortable coming to me and being like, hey, I appreciate your video about mental health. It encouraged me to go see a therapist, you know, like that, that to me is like really rewarding and like powerful because it's like what I say, like sticks and, you know, I'm trying to be like more mindfully aware of kind of like that effect in the platform that I have. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I'm the same, I feel the same way. Like I'll kind of wrap it up with this and I'm sure you're very similar too. like, if anyone is feeling like they're struggling Mm -hmm. with mental health, please reach out to me. My DMS are always open. Like I, I, I may not have the answer to your problems or your questions, but I can at least do my very best to, to point you in the right direction. So I'm all Mm -hmm. for it. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, very, very much the same way. And, you know, and that's, and I love talking about mental health and I think it's very important. And I think from a male perspective, it carries a lot of weight too. Mm -hmm. Um, And just makes it kind of like that much more, I don't want to use the word worthwhile, but like, it just carries more weight when you hear a male talk about all the things that he's struggling with. Um, So yeah, very, very, very willing and able to have any conversations with anyone about mental health. And this is something that, you know, I'm obviously very passionate about. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, probably one of the worst transitions ever, but I, there's like, I, you have to do it. Um, yep. Changing it back to something a little bit lighthearted. I think this is the perfect way to do it. Can you please, please retell the story of your February, 2020 encounter going to Starbucks on a Friday on your way to work at Harvard? Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking. Oh my god! That video blew up, dude. And I don't know if it's like your TikTok followers like coming in and like no. peeking on your it, Instagram, but that that has, I mean, you I, captured Boston in one minute and forty-four seconds. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm if I'm allowed to say what he called me, so I might keep it a little. I'll, I'll keep, censor it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was it was so funny because it was it was a Friday. I was feeling really good. I hop off the bus at Harvard Square 
um, and I'm walking and like, normally I'm kind of like pressed for time. Like once I get off the bus, so I'm yeah. like, I need to get to work like as, as fast as possible. If I have some time, like I'll order ahead on dunks typically, but I was like, you know what? Like I've got plenty of time. Like let's go to Starbucks. Let's just like yeah. change it up. Yeah. And I walk into Starbucks, I get, you know, my iced coffee with like almond milk and I get like a, a like a breakfast sandwich. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, like I'm feeling fantastic. I'm feeling great. I've got my AirPods in, I'm walking through. And it's like, when I'm walking through like kind of like a big crowd like that, I'll, I'll have my music going, but like, I won't have volume full blast. Right. It's cause I, yeah. I just like to be aware of like, anything that's going on sure and so i'm walking through harvard square and if you've ever been i'm sure you have to harvard square like it's a zoo like especially during the fall it is crazy it is a driving in there is a joke oh my it's it's impossible so it's a mess there's always something going on and there are a lot of people um you know there are a lot of homeless people that live in harvard square too yeah, yeah. so i i don't necessarily know if the guy that i ran into was homeless or not but i'm walking down the sidewalk and i make eye contact with this guy who's like wearing black pants like black leather like trench coat the funny thing is it wasn't even raining so like i was like interesting. yeah interesting outfit so i'm walking through and i see this guy and i make eye contact with him and it was like one of those like you make eye contact, you look down and then you make eye contact again, one of those things. And then he like starts mouthing something. And at, so when, when this, when this started happening, he was probably like 10, 15 feet away from me. So it's not like he was like really, really close, but he was yeah. looking at me and mouthing something. And so I started to think that he was like talking to me. And so I take out like one of my AirPods and I give him like a little head nod, like, are you saying something? And he just drops his shoulder straight into my chest, says <laughs> some very inappropriate things to me, which yeah. I will not repeat, but right. like, you could, like, yeah, a, yeah like just think very, about it. yeah, you could, you very could inappropriate stuff, very yeah, inappropriate stuff to me yeah. and drops his shoulder into me. Meanwhile, that happens. I'm standing there in Harvard square on the sidewalk. People are like walking past me. Like, did this really just happen? Like floored. And he kept walking. So I'm like, I'm standing there. I watch him walk away to see like if he were to turn around. Doesn't turn around no, at all. No. Like I, one bit. And I like stand there for like a good like 15, 20 seconds. Like just being like in awe. I was like, yeah. <laughs> did this really happen? It's like one of those things you see in a movie, you know? Yeah. I'm like there's no way. Like there's no way that just happens. Right. And so like, I'm like just in shock go into shock mode and so I start walking back like walking to work I call my mom and I'm like mom you won't believe what just happened to me and you know it's like an hour behind so she's like honey like make this quick I'm getting ready for work I'm like okay well here's the situation yeah. this happened and she was and I kid you not she was just like yeah you know what there's some really crazy people in this world like you can't do anything about it and I'm oh like, my God. meanwhile, the whole time, and I'm like, it's Friday. I got my Starbucks. I was looking forward to the weekend. And then this happens. I was like, dude, I'm so thrown off. Like, yeah. Oh man. That's like a, that's like the level setter. Like, I think every time, like every time I feel like I'm like feeling good about myself or like I got yeah. something good going, like something in the world just knocks you down. A <laughs> just times, right. Dude. Dude, yeah, I, like, especially in this city. Oh my God. Yeah. I, that's the thing. Like there's never, this city never ceases to amaze me. Like there is always something. And it's like, you got to be on your toes, head on a swivel because there will always be something happening. Dude. I, it's so funny. You talk about the eye contact thing. Like 
I just, I mean, immediately popped in my head after I watched that video, like all the, all the times, like I make eye contact with two separate people because of the lazy yeah. eye. <laughs> I mean, like if that happened to me, I probably would have been body checked by two homeless people, would have dropped my yeah. coffee, my double, my double roast, like a uh, double smoked bacon, yeah, the bacon Gouda, on yeah. the ground in three different pieces, dude, like it's, it's so bad. And like trying to get a, a drink at the bar, yeah. forget about it. Yeah. I'm like oh, trying yeah, yeah. to flag down three different bartenders, but so yep. we thought of a system. I'm like the designated drink order now at the bar because I love that. you know, and like, as you know, like Boston is pretty understaffed right now at their bars. So uh, tip, tip your bartenders. That's the big shout out here. Um, but because of that, it's a madhouse at the bar. So you obviously, and I won't do this again because of the weekend that I had two weekends ago, but I will order like two vodka sodas for me and then whatever the people yeah. behind me want. So yeah. we've now decided that if I order four vodka sodas, I should get eight because if I can somehow finagle <laughs> it. <laughs> Dude, we were like literally sitting oh my God. in the bar at the harp. Like, I was like, oh yeah, 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 do, do four. And like, like, see if she catches your attention. I was like, oh my God, we need to stop this. Stop, that's hilarious. Oh my goodness. But if I, but if I was walking down the street at Harvard Square, I probably would have pissed off two people as opposed to one. Yeah, two people. You would have embodied on the ground, like without a doubt. No, and you made the mistake of of of, it, like I, I don't want to I don't want to fault you because what happened was clearly not your fault. But you opening your AirPod and saying like "What's up, bud?" Yeah, it was. It. I know. Forget I was really, it. I was really dancing with the devil there. I was really walking on a thin line. But um, that's the Midwest in me coming out, being yeah, like, "Let's really. just be, let's just be nice here." Yeah, really, really. All right. So, um, I, I like. I said it, but I think that just sums up Boston perfectly. So if anyone's in a nutshell, at, yeah, I mean, if so, when you're planning your vacation, um, <laughs> don't make eye contact with anybody. Yeah, head down immediately. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, another stigma of Boston. We've got we got to a couple yeah. at, the, at the beginning of the show, but uh, you you've done a lot of content on this, so I have to ask you: Why do you think Southie Man gets such a bad rap, or is it justified? I think I think Southie men get such a bad rep uh, because Southie is literally for for those non-Boston listeners, Southie is literally an extension of Greek row on any college campus. Yes, like, it that that is what it is. You get five dudes living in like a triple decker house in South Boston, and you know they've got the like Saturdays are for the boys <clears throat> flags all over the place. You know the beer the beer bong tables like eh, like everything and Mm -hmm. and i think it's like literally these 24 25 year olds who still think they're in college and are like oh yeah like i'm still in a frat let me just text a gazillion girls you (laughs) off and see what's up you know but but every one of my tinder matches at the same address what could possibly go wrong yeah what could go wrong you know but i know south south guys are uh are definitely dangerous (laughs) that is for sure but i think I and I make fun of it and it's and it's very much like a very like heartfelt yes joke at yes. this point. Yes. Southie girls are also very reckless too. <laughs> so uh, I'm not saying it's justified at all, but I think right. I think I think uh they both balance each other out very, very well. I, I love it. And like when we went to school, like we go literally call prop like PC North because everyone yeah. from Providence oh, moves yeah. to South because we yeah. didn't have Greek life. So the, like your, your like analogy of it's an extension of Greek row. Like it's literally exactly what we did our senior year, like the yeah. triple decker house, six guys in a house, usually nine guys. Sometimes like 
dude, like, it, I mean, it was, it's, a, it's a, nothing changes. You're just, your location no, changes. No, not at all. And, and it's, and, yeah, there's more bars. You know, it's funny. <laughs> like, I joke around. I'm like, Southie is literally four bars and a Burger King. Like, that's it. Like, when yes. you think about it in the grand scheme of yes. things, everybody, everybody goes to the same four bars and there's one fast food random chain there. And it's like mm. what like conceptually yeah. and everyone's like oh let's go out in southie and it's like people make southie like this whole like great place i love yeah. it like i'll admit yeah. it like I, yeah, it's I'm a the great next time person there on sunday morning <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, yep. yeah it's yep. a great time but like you know it makes me very happy that i don't live in southie and i always say like southie is a nice place to vacation and go visit <laughs> it's so funny too <laughs> that like the high rises in southie now you're like yeah whoa what are you doing? Yeah, like these nice buildings. And of course, like you get a lot of the townies who are like, stop gentrifying the whole place. Like you're taking away from the community. And I'm like, yeah, it's a city. Like, what do you expect is going to yeah. happen? Yeah, exactly. Like Somerville like, is the perfect example. Yeah. Assembly Row is is a hodgepodge because like yeah. you have outlet shops, which will bring in a certain clientele. Mm-hmm. And then you have 35 to $4,500 a month rent at Ava, at Montage, at Axe, whatever the heck, like Avalon. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, like the two do not mix. It no, just, not at it all. It doesn't make any sense. Love it. No. Great place to go eat, but it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense at all. But. <laughs> all right. So we're going to finish the show with some of Connor's Boston favorites and oh, some, some this or that's for you. So this is, perfect. this will be, be perfect for you. All right. Yeah, this so will be fun. I, I guess we have to hit it off with uh, your favorite bar in Boston. My favorite bar in Boston. Um, if I'm, if we're talking like actual, like bar, like not, not like kind of like nightclub or anything yeah, like yeah. that, but like yeah, yeah, actual yeah. Fair. bar Fair. Lincoln has my heart. Like okay. I love Lincoln. I think one, the food is great there Two, the drinks and kind of just like the atmosphere. It's always like, a good kind of like atmosphere especially on like when the pats are playing or when there's a bruins game or like yeah. even a Sox game on like it is just good like a good environment so i'd say like hands down lincoln's my favorite my sneaky second favorite though five horses Ooh. yeah okay. so there's there's they've got they've got a location in i think it's davis square and they also have a yeah. location in the south end yeah i love five horses yeah, I, I got to get over there. And then there's one in Somerville called the Burren too. I've heard, heard good too. things about that. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Like, you're going to laugh because you're like, it's it's probably under that nightclub reference. But I do love the harp on the North End. I think like- harps, The harp's a good time. I stay up at the top though. I don't venture down. The downstairs only, is- It's Only for it's the insane. bathroom. Only. Yeah. Only. Yeah. It's, no, downstairs is insane. Yeah. I, I love the live music when they have live music and- uh yeah, we we uh, we did my girlfriend's birthday there last two weekends yeah. ago, and I was like asking the the DJ to to pl- like just say happy birthday or do something. I was like, just play just something. Yeah, like, I don't know, like do something. <laughs> and he's like, all right, yeah, 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 I got you. And then like forty five minutes goes on, he doesn't do anything. I'm like, dude, please, like please. And then yeah. I run over to Seven Eleven on Causeway, get him a twenty, and yep. sure enough, I was downstairs in the bathroom when he played the the birthday. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> whatever dude Stop, you missed whatever. it <laughs> so then i go back up and i'm I'm like now i'm like pissed i'm like dude did yeah. you play it like did you do it and he's like yeah, yeah man i already did it dude get off my face i was like all right pissed. yeah get out of here <laughs> that's too funny. i love it i love it all right so all right favorite place to take a first date in boston oh it's it's funny because like i did a first i did like a date series uh okay. on tiktok where i'd be like if he takes you to this place this is what it says yeah, yeah, about yeah. Him. oh yeah I, that's like really where i first saw you was yeah if really he takes you here 
yeah 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 yeah. yeah. so and then everybody in the comments was like oh what where do you take your first dates or whatever like where where, what's your spot and i'm like i'm not telling you guys yeah yeah i'm not telling you guys because you're gonna be there whatever i but i will say um i love mexican food i think kind of just like you know mexican food you know kind of like a like that ambience is, mm-hmm. is perfect for like a first date it's yep. always good food yep. it's good music it's good drinks i'm like it's it's like not it doesn't have to be like super serious like to me like first dates like they should be more casual like don't make it yeah. like a fancy restaurant or whatever so my first date spot is yellow door taqueria in the south end okay so okay. i i won't i won't do like lolita just because like i was gonna say so i'm kind of surprised not really but kind of like i feel like that's so like the staple of mexico yeah yeah it, it, lolita's great my yeah. friend has a theory that lolita is the spot that you go to like test relationships because the the lighting's so dark there and it's usually like pretty loud that you yeah. have to like actually focus on what the person is saying, but yes. whereas you know, you know, like that's why it's like it's really put to the grinder if you, uh, you know, if you come out of Lolita and you make it through, you're you're good. So, um, but Yellow Door Taqueria, it's not like it, it doesn't have like the hype of Lolita. It's not like a logo. Like get out of Southie, you know. Like let's let's go somewhere different. And plus, yeah. like a lot of people that I'll go on a first date with haven't been there too. So it's always like even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like um I don't know if this is like the perfect first date, but Nako Taco kind of I feel like similar vibes. I've Cambridge, never been there. So good. I've heard about so it. Good. Yeah, yeah. The chips and guac money and like as a Californian living in Boston, finding Mexican yeah. food is, is yeah. tough. Um yeah. I'll say like Lolita, I, I swear they like they like pay their staff to to eat at their tables because I, I don't get how there you can't get a reservation every like it's absurd any night of the week any a monday night yeah. would be packed i know i know it's it's insane and you got to get like a res like three weeks in advance like it's stupid. yeah the four point one i i don't even know mm-hmm. they even open back up the back day one but i don't four, i don't think they have yet i why the business model has worked i mean literally yeah. you can't get a table it's ridiculous it's crazy I know. it's crazy the the tequila starter though on the shaved ice money <laughs> oh it's so good it, here's a here's a little lolita like uh Hack? side tip yeah, yeah i don't even know if it is like because people might know about it if you get the frozen <laughs> if you get the frozen marks those actually have a higher alcohol content volume than the regular marks so more bang for your buck with the frozen ones there you go the same see like i would think the opposite you like traditionally right? you would think like oh i'm getting a slushy with this so yeah yeah you know, no there you secret, go secret secret there you go <laughs> All right, so your favorite thing to do on a Saturday during the day that doesn't entail going to Lincoln, if you know what I mean. So like, oh, not going yeah, to the yeah. bars yet, just just like a, a yep. day in a day in Boston. A day in Boston. I this will be a TikTok next week. I know it. I just, uh, yeah, I'm, seriously. Yeah, you just gave me a video idea. <laughs> a con, con coins, perfect Saturday in Boston. Yeah, <laughs> um, watch out for that one. Let's yeah, I see. can't wait. I, <laughs> I'd say I'd honestly say um, I if it's like a nice day, like I'm going to try and be outside as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So like if I were to wake up, it's I'll wake up. I, I don't really sleep in that much. Like the, I, I'll sleep until like nine at the latest nine, nine thirty, because I'm like, I don't want to stay in bed till like 11. There goes half my day. Like that's, yeah, yeah. It's, to me, it's not worth it. So I'll get up. Right. I'll go for a walk. I'll walk around the South End or whatever. I'll go grab my coffee. And then like I love just kind of walking around Seaport. I think Seaport's a fantastic place to just like spend the day. Yeah. Um, 
I'm also like a big shopper too. My bank oh, yeah. account hates me for saying yeah. that. And nope. so like, yep. I'll, I'll, I'll walk around and I'll shop. So those are kind of like, I'm outside as much as possible. If, if it's like super nice, you better believe I'll go to the beach. Like, even though M street beach or whatever, Carson, like, isn't that great. If, if I'm up for it, like I'll drive up to the North shore and like, we'll, you know, go to the beach up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd probably say like just being active, being outside and uh, you know, if it's nice hitting the beach before, before destroying my liver at the bars. I love it. I love it. And I, cause I live in Somerville and like, yeah. I, cause I try to avoid M street beach and Carson beach just cause yeah. like a it's just overcrowded and b like good luck trying to find parking and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. I will say Revere beach if you kind of get over the whole Revere stigma, it's a pretty yeah. nice place to hang out and just have a day to yourself. Cause it, like, I've, I've heard good things. Yeah. It's like big, like way big enough to not be crowded. Uh, yeah. You can find relatively easy parking and like you're back down in Boston, 30 minutes tops. That's so nice. It's not bad. Maybe, maybe I'll not check a, it out next. Not next, a bad nice gig. Saturday. You just got to get over not the whole a... like homeless people. And like you, you're an expert <laughs> on that now. So I mean, yeah, after getting hit by them. So I'm right, good. Right. I love it. I love it. All right. So we'll, we'll <laughs> wait for that TikTok next week. I love it. All right. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> if you had to pick one Sox, Celtics or Bruins, which game are you going to? I'm going to go with Sox game. Okay. A thousand percent. Like growing up playing baseball one, but I, I, I love the experience of baseball games, especially yeah. like if the Sox are playing well, everybody's in a good attitude. Like, yeah. because to me, like, you know, basketball games, hockey games, you kind of have to pull, pay a little bit more attention at like to what's going on, especially with hockey. Like you have mm-hmm. to watch. And yeah. whereas like, whereas a baseball game, like it's more of kind of a social experience. So yeah. it's like, you know, grabbing a couple of your friends, go sit on the bleachers on a nice, like 75 sunny day, have some hot dogs, some beers, and just like hang out and have a good time. And like, as soon as sweet Caroline comes on, like, Oh my God, game over, you know, you like, go. it's, it's just like, it's just a really good feel good experience. And like, yeah. if, if the weather, I, I was going to say, I have never been to a Sox game and afterwards being like, wow, that sucked. <laughs> you know like it was yeah. like it's always just like you feel good after it if the weather's great and all that yeah we were supposed to go to the the memorial day game yeah yeah it got rained yeah, it didn't happen yeah. Yeah. yeah and then obviously the makeup game was like the following monday on, at like 5 p.m and i was like great can't do that yep not <laughs> well, happening either love it like, thanks and, a lot, uh, um, yeah but all right are you uh are you a sausage and peppers outside the stadium guy or are you a fenway frank in the stadium I'm a Fenway Frank in stadium. Like I'll, okay. I'll suck it up. I'll pay the $8 for a hot dog, you know, like, Probably I, like 14, I know. dude, I think you're way off. I think you're way off. <laughs> like, like a Fenway like Frank. I, I ordered, I ordered two hot dogs, uh, two hot dogs, a wa- two waters literally came yeah. up to like $48. I'm, I'm like, oh, not I even that. exaggerating. You're like, well, man, like, what am I really paying for here? Like, yeah, this is and that absurd. was the game that got rained out. Like, it literally went to Fenway to eat a freaking hot dog. That's <laughs> it. It's it so tragic. Brutal. It was brutal. Yeah. All right. But if, all right. So if the Sox are playing the Cardinals, who are you rooting for? I'm rooting for the Cardinals. I like hands down. Um, like I'm one. I'm one of those guys that like St. Louis teams. Like have my heart. It doesn't matter if you're playing in the city that I live in. Like I will die with my hometown teams. I was gonna say. So you were at the bar rooting for the, the Blues, like in that mess. 
Oh, absolutely. I was, I was there. I went to Tony season Fenway while it was still there. I was on like the roof. I was in my blues gear. And like, as soon as they won, I'm like up on the table, like yelling and screaming. And of course, like everybody's like throwing shit at me and all this stuff. I'm like, uh, let me have this moment. You're the OG so, Frank Borelli, dude. You like, you, literally. You're, you're like, dude, I was there first. I don't know. <laughs> I know, I know. I really was there first. And so, you know, I, I have a video. My friends recorded a video of me, like, going absolutely bananas. And it was, like, I, I joke about it, but, it, like, honestly, one of the best days of my life. I love it. That's so funny. All right. Um, I think I know the answer to this. I don't know. Actually, I could be totally off. Are you a Starbucks or Dunkin' guy? I'm a Starbucks guy. Yeah. I know. Well, in which video, you said you don't drink Starbucks. So Yeah, so I... I um <laughs> I, yeah big fake guy i'm a fraud over here so yeah I, fraud, absolute fraud i i was actually like really big on the dunks train because like when i would go into harvard like i would pass like three dunks on my walk into yeah. harvard so i'm like i'm i'll it's i'm there i'll just grab it and go um but then like i started like having starbucks every now and then i'm like the cough like just the actual coffee itself tastes mm-hmm. so much better at starbucks mm-hmm. And so Mm -hmm. since then I've converted, like I have a dunks right across my apartment and I will still walk half a mile to go get Starbs instead. Like it's, to me, it's just like the taste is like that much better. Yeah. And your, um, your order is iced coffee with almond milk, right? Yeah. Like typically. Yeah. 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 So that's mine too. And like, I would a thousand percent agree with you. The coffee tastes better, but like, like Providence had a Dunkin' on campus. So I was like four years of straight Dunkin'. And yeah. like, okay, the almond milk at Dunkin' is sweetened. It's the vanilla, like almond breeze. Yep. So like sometimes that's a nice little treat. The almond milk in Starbucks is like their like name brand. You don't really know if yeah. it's almond milk, like could be, right. could Who not knows? be. <laughs> so it, it's, it's good though. It's good. It's good. I'll give it to yeah. you. I'm, I'm probably in the same boat. Like, I feel like now that I'm like two years in Boston, I'm like, okay, I'll still get the Dunkin' every once in a while, especially yeah. if I'm like, if after a long weekend of spending too much money, yeah, it's cheaper, but yeah, I'm always yep. gonna go to Starbucks first. Yeah, Sorry, I'm right guys. there with you. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I feel like we're like we're we are losing New England followers as we speak. I know you they're know? like, wow, these guys are so fake. Like, not even yeah, Boston exactly. kids. <laughs> well, last week my hot take was I don't think Heartbreak Hill is that that bad of a hill. Um, so like I'm literally <laughs> okay. I get like I am a firm. I'm a I I believe you. If you're on, um, because yeah. I, I think it's mile 22. I think I said mile 17 yeah. last week. I think it is mile 22. By no means would I want to run it at the 22nd mile, but oh, I've no. ran it before and it's not that bad. That's all yeah. I meant to say. I, because yeah. I still want to run the Boston Marathon and I'm pretty sure I just got blacklisted from it, but yep. I, like, I don't think it's that bad of a hill. And the Boston Marathon yeah, as a whole is flat, relatively it's flat. Relatively, besides yes. that nice little hill at 22. Right. <laughs> right 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 all right another new england uh this or yep. that lobster roll are you going hot or cold and there is a correct hot. answer yeah i'm going oh. hot what yeah yeah i like wow, so you are here, gonna lose a lot of followers today i know it's it's nutty so here's the thing i'm not a big seafood person like in general like okay. it's, it's just kind okay. of like a texture thing to me like it's i don't know texture is a big texture guy oh, yeah. so the only like to me eating like cold lobster like that kind of wigs me out Mm-hmm. So it's got to be like a little warm. I'll even dip it in like the butter and all that yeah, stuff too yeah. when it's hot. Well, you have to. So yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, okay. you know, you have to. So yeah, no, that's the only. That is the only reason why I'll do hot. You know, lobster. 
my thing with lobster rolls is like you have to go to a place where you've seen on google images that they freaking pile high the lobster because like yeah if you just go in thinking like, oh, I'm on the water. Oh, they have a lobster roll. Oh, it's 30 bucks. Like, oh, I'll buy it. And then they come out and it's like a freaking tablespoon of lobster in between a piece of toast. You're like, what the heck did I just do? You're like, well, seriously? Yeah. It, yeah. No, it's, it is like, oh, I can't wait to shame. dive into these pile of fries to supplement <laughs> this piece of toast you gave me. Literally. Oh, you brought coleslaw on the side? Thank y'all. You shouldn't have. Sheesh. No, yeah. You're really it's overdoing brutal, it there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Yes. Thank you. Oh, all right. If you had to pick one section of Boston, so like Southie, Back Bay, yep. the South End, North End, Seaport, et cetera, to live for the rest of your life, where would it be? Uh, oh, for the rest of my life. Um, I'd honestly pick South End. Okay. I thought I, you were going to go Seaport, but I so, so I, if I wasn't living in, in South End right now, I'd love to be living in Seaport. Like I, I love Seaport so much. I just think the South End is definitely like more kind of like family-esque, like gives more yeah, okay. family vibes. And, you know, I'm thinking like for the rest of my life, like I love being able to walk five minutes to Whole Foods. I like to be close to the Peru and Newberry and all that stuff. And like pretty relatively like close to the commons, mm. you know, Seaport, Seaport's great. Like they've got everything that you want there. But like, if you're going to the city, you're, the public transportation to Seaport sucks. So it's like, it, that's, that's tough. So you have the blue bike or you're walking or you're right. Ubering, you know? Right. And so it's like, uh, like, does that make a lot of sense? So South end to me just kind of like logistically makes more sense. But I would, if someone was like, you're living in Seaport for the rest of life. All right. So I'll twist my yeah, arm. I guess, yeah. I'll, yeah. guess I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Even on the first floor. No, I'm just... <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. All right. So this is not Boston related, but it, yeah. it was brought up at work uh, today. So if you're on a road trip here's your hypothetical yep. you're on a road trip you get two beverages and three snacks budget doesn't matter you pull up to the mm -hmm. gas station what is your road tripping snack uh haul oh that's good um i'm getting cheese it's i'm getting sunflower seeds and probably like probably kit kats wow for food wow. i know i know and then drinks I'm going orange Gatorade, it's psycho, and honestly, probably like water or something like that. Okay, okay, okay. I'm glad you got you had the hydrant, which is the water. Yeah, and yep. you had the Gatorade for like the electrolyte because Gatorade is not a hydrant. It's not. No, 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 not at all. At all. Like, no, that, that's we all know that. But your yeah. snack choice, yeah, interesting because Kit Kats so, are not long lived. Uh, no, meaning like you're, not you're not going to get to munch on that for a long time. But right. your salty so, snacks make a lot of sense, sort of. Yeah, I, I'm the type of guy who's like, I'll walk up to a gas station and be like, I want something sweet. Like, I, you know, you just kind of like crave yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, of course. So Kit Kat, and then it's like, you know, it's gone before I even get in the car. And I'm like, oh, this was yeah, amazing. Exactly. But now I don't have anything to look forward to. The sunflower sheets, I, just being a baseball player, I also like have to like, if I'm not chewing on gum, like I just need to like chew on something. Yeah. And so sunflower seeds is like perfect for me. And obviously like with all the traveling that we would do for baseball, we would like get our water bottles and like see who could fill up the water bottle, like as fast as possible, you know, like with sunflower, like just stupid yeah. stuff. Like yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, and then cheese, it's like, cheese, it's are like my go-to like snack, like little food over goldfish, huh? For the over goldfish snack. a thousand percent. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Interesting. Hot take. Yeah. 
your your orange Gatorade take isn't that bad because I'm gonna come back with I'm a purple Gatorade guy. So okay. I get a lot of looks. A lot of yeah, you get a lot of flack for that. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I'll say like I had to go through a two week period of uh, quarantine for a mm. specific virus that was out in the world, <laughs> uh, and they say that Gatorade really helps you like with the electrolytes and not feeling bogged down and all yeah. that. So I'm like Gatorade out for a while. Like I believe I, it. We, I believe it. I was quarantined with my girlfriend, and we were like we probably went through like two like full packs of Costco Gatorades. Yeah, and it was not great. The red. By far the worst flavor. Sorry, Gatorade. I, I can't and do I know red. I'm using the sponsorship as we speak, but I can't do red. <laughs> I can't do red. I'll do my top are orange. Um, I'll go orange, blue, and yellow. Okay. Those are my tops. Wow. I'll go purple, blue, and because like there's so many iterations of blue and, and crap. But yeah. yeah, the classic flavor, like purple, blue, and yellow, probably. Yeah. 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 I just can't go there wrong go. with those. There you go. There you go. All right. So I wanted to plug this in at the end. You mm-hmm. have a brand new uh, venture coming up and, yeah. and kind of just launched Commonwealth clothing brand. Uh, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about it and uh, what kind of made you think of that idea? Yeah, totally. So Commonwealth was, is not was, but is a brand that me and my two other best friends here in Boston uh, started. We kind of like, it was, it was around Christmas. We were like, Hey, like no one's really making like, boston inspired like streetwear um Mm. you know that really like kind of pays tribute and homage to the city and so we were like let's kind of like explore this option a little bit more and we were thinking about like kind of like bigger picture like why are we in boston what you know links us all together and we came up with this idea of like whether you are have been a townie here for the past 50 years or whether you're like a transplant from you know Oklahoma going to school at BU like for the four years you call Boston home like you you are a resident here you're local like that kind of stuff and so we were like what if we run with this idea of like this kind of like locals only like being a part of like Boston like however you got here like you're local and we were like wait this is great and so Commonwealth obviously you've got ComAv and then Massachusetts, the Commonwealth, like to us, like that name just kind of like made perfect sense. Um, right. And so like we launched, we launched with two hoodies back in March um, that have like 617 on the chest and on the back, it says locals only in kind of like a medieval script um, in a circle, which is really cool. And so the whole idea for those hoodies was like, obviously being in New England, like when you go to the beach or like you're on the boat at night, like it's chilly, like it's cold. Yeah. And so we were thinking like, these are going to be the hoodies that you're wearing, you know, for your beach nights or your day on the beach or like, and everything in between. Um, so we launched with those, which was awesome. We sold out and very quickly, like very well received feedback and everything like that. Um, we've kind of taken a pause on like summer designs and everything, but we're kicking those back up here shortly and like working through a couple finalized um, designs, which is really exciting. So I think we're going to be launching with some t-shirt designs and maybe some dad hats here shortly. So stay tuned. Um, And then as you know, as we, as we look at, you know, later summer and gearing up for the fall. Love it. Awesome. I can't wait. That's awesome. I beach hoodie is a, is a staple. And like, it's funny because like, I think when I think of a beach hoodie and I've seen it, you think of like um, the, the black dog hoodie. Yep, and yep. like that to me is like way too heavy for a beach hoodie. Yeah, I love my so, black dog so hoodie. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's like a winter sweatshirt. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, no, like, so I think I've seen the six one seven one, and I think it's you. You you guys nailed it. You guys nailed it. Yeah. No, I appreciate <laughs> that. Yeah. No, it's we were and we were like very like conscientious of it. We were like we want we want a hoodie that feels like vintage and kind of like worn in, but we don't want it a to like be cheap, and we don't want it to right. be this super like heavy hoodie that, you know, especially going into the summer when we were selling them that no one's going to wear in the summer. So we are very fortunate to find like a kind of a common ground with vintage washed in feel with also like a good weight for the summer. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, Connor, uh, this has been an absolute blast. I will say we do Jared, have one, awesome. one final question for you that we ask all of our guests and I'm Perfect. excited to hear your answer. Um, if you were to write your autobiography today, what would be the title of it and why? Oh, um, that, that's a great question. Um, the first thing that came to mind is this phrase that I've been like saying a lot recently, such as life being like, you know, just kind of, I've always been the type of guy to like roll with the punches, just take life as it is and be very present and be like, kind of like, yes. And mentality be like, all right, this is it. How do I work with it? Yeah. And so uh, very much like such as life, like this is what it is. Like, this is how, you know, the good times and also the bad times. So I might go with such as life right now. There you go. Um, because like, I think it kind of encapsulates like all the fun. Like if you're having a great time, like, Hey, such as life, like this is great, but it's also like, you know, your boss yelled at you, nah, such as life, like get over it. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I think it's, I think it like captures both the highs and lows, like pretty well. Definitely. That was a perfect title. And, and it, you, you kind of did it in a pretty, uh, our standard time. We, uh, we have, I, I really I think I'd like next, cause we're all coming up on our 50th episode. Mm-hmm. Like, I think like the next 50, I should start like low key timing people and see yeah. like what the average is. <laughs> yeah. See how long there'll be takes. days where we like people know right away. And I don't, yeah. I usually don't like, like um, tell people ahead of time, like what the questions are, or there'll be people who will literally sit here for like a minute and a half two minutes yeah. and like, like yeah wow i've never really thought of this so it's it's a it's no, definitely yeah. a thinker for sure <laughs> that is that it is i know when you said it i'm like oh man like here we go what is it gonna be and then i'm like wait i literally say this like a gazillion times a day so like let's go with it i love it awesome well connor like i said thank you so much for coming on i really yeah. appreciate it this was an absolute blast we definitely have to um either go to lincoln or yep. or, or vacation in southie together or or just sweat it out in your back bay apartment i mean or your south yeah, end apartment. Absolutely. Like, I, I can see you're like kind of glad that we did this interview when it's like 75 because if we did this whole <laughs> hour and a half you would have been like dude wrap this up i know i would have been sweating bullets here you know just thinking about everything but no jared this is this has been so great i really appreciate you having me like let's link up let's sweat out yeah. in my apartment here. Absolutely. Like, and i know for a fact you've been you've been like plugging in siren noises just to tell everyone that you live in a city because that's <laughs> yeah, like the just so everybody knows gone by your apartment <laughs> yeah yeah big city awesome. guy well, Connor, i'll catch you later <laughs> sounds good buddy we'll see ya So a big thank you to Connor Coyne for coming on today's show. Again, like I said at the beginning, I this is probably one of my favorite interviews. I really, really respect Connor as, a, as an individual, as a creator, as a person. To, to really, um, A, talk about something that not a lot of people talk about, mental health and, and mental health in men specifically. 
using his platform for all the good that he has done is, is something super incredible. So again, big shout out to Connor for coming on. I'll be sure to link all things Connor in the description of this week's podcast. I invite you all to go follow him all over social media. He is one funny dude and just a, a, a joy to watch. So um, that does it for this week's episode. As always, could not have done this show at all without the listeners. So big thank you to you guys um, for continuing to show the support for this show. Uh, if you like this interview and want to see some snippets from the podcast or even any other interviews that we've done in the past, be sure to go follow us on Normal Guy Lazy Eye on Instagram. And if you like this podcast and can have continued to show the support like you all have done incredibly, uh, please feel free to share it with your friends uh, or rank it five stars. Whatever you do for your favorite podcast, be sure to do it for this one. I Again, thank you from the bottom of my heart. It's been an incredible year doing this show, and I can't see, I can't wait to see what's next. Uh, that does it for all my shameless pugs. I'll see you guys next week.